0: Hi everyone, I'm your host, Bella Page, and after suffering from post concussion syndrome for years, it was time to do something about it. So, welcome to the Post Concussion Podcast, where we dig deep into life when it doesn't go back to normal. Be sure to share the podcast and join our support network, Concussion Connect. Let's make this invisible injury become visible. The Post-Concussion Podcast is strictly an information podcast about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. It does not provide nor substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast The opinions expressed in this podcast are simply intended to spark discussion about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. Welcome to today's episode of the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Belle Page, and today's guest who hosts tbi.fitness on Instagram. At the age of 20, she was a passenger in a serious one-vehicle rollover accident that resulted in a severe traumatic brain injury. After a coma, inpatient therapy, outpatient therapy, returning to college, returning to what she could, it is now going on 14 years of living with life with brain injury. Now that life has added in a marriage, a new house, two kids, and probably a lot more little things in between, she has learned so many strategies that help herself continue, and with TBI Fitness, she shares what those are and hopes she can possibly help someone with something that works for her.
1: Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So
0: to start, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about the brain injuries you've
1: experienced? In August of 2008, I was in a serious single vehicle rollover, and I flew through the windshield whole nine yards and ended up in a coma, and the injury resulted in a brain injury. It was a severe brain injury or traumatic brain injury, I guess I should say. And then in that injury of the brain injury, I had a left acute subdural subglial hematoma, a diffuse axonal injury, a traumatic subarachnoid hemorrhage, and my left side, I had hemoplasia. So it was paralyzed basically. And I was in a coma for around 10 days. I go all out when I get hurt.
0: Yes, you do. You beat me, that's for sure. It's not a competition, but <laughs> that's like all the list of all the extra injuries or health conditions after is quite the list.
1: Definitely.
0: And so after that, what type of symptoms did you start to
1: experience? And so from that, I don't remember a month before the accident until a month after. So I, and I forgot everything. Anything you can possibly think of, I forgot it and had to relearn how to do everything again. Things like walking, talking, reading, writing, swallowing, and pretty much everything you can think of that I did before, I had to learn how to do again. So that was a whole another game of learning. Because I, like I said, I couldn't remember a month before the accident, but I could remember everything before that. So I could remember walking. I could remember talking. I just had no idea how to do it in the moment when they were like, "Here you go, do this." I had no idea. So that was a whole yeah. mind-blowing experience on top of everything else I was dealing with.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting that like you could remember. I find one of the hard things about brain injury recovery, and we talk about it a lot on here, is that you're learning backwards so recovery is like you're learning things you already knew how to do so mentally it's challenging as well because you knew how to walk and talk or you knew how to write or read a book or all these types of things and it's like you're relearning how to do things
1: yep. that was whole another mind game that I wasn't ready for and I could remember doing everything I just had no idea how I did it mm-hmm. like I could see myself in my head walking and stepping and I had no idea how to do that so that was crazy and then I had all my cognitive things that I struggled with and so I had memory issues my short-term memory is pretty shot so that's like one of my biggest things and so big things that I still have because I worked with inpatient and outpatient therapy for I guess about a year a little under and so I worked with them, and they were great, and they helped me develop compensatory strategies to help me function and be able to live throughout the day. So I still use those strategies daily. It's why I can do what I do is because these strategies are amazing. And my big things that I still deal with, because I'm going on 14 years, so I've had this brain injury for a pretty good amount of my life. And so I still, like I said, I deal with the short-term memory loss. I have mental fatigue. That's a big one that I still, it depends on the day on when it's going to hit harder than not. And so that's a whole like more of another story on top of that. But, and then I also, from my hemiplegia, I have left-sided weakness and the residual effects that come from that. And I also have vision problems that just are part of the nerve damage and all that fun stuff. And headaches and migraines, that's another big one I have that I didn't have before that the accident and now I do have. So I have learned to deal with that in my own way. So those are my big things that I still have to deal with that my strategies help greatly with. So
0: Yeah. So what's an example of one of those strategies that you find helps you on a daily basis or as often as you can think?
1: So with the Instagram page that I started about TBI fitness, because exercise is my big thing that I have that I totally attribute to all of my success. If well, most of it, but basically. And so I really believe on how active I am helps with my things. If not all of them, it's most of them. And so another huge thing is also knowing me and my brain injury and my things. I know what's going to help me. So the strategies, like it's, I relate it to my kids because I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So I know their things that are going to set them off and what's going to help bring them back. So I do that for myself. Like I know what's going to trigger me or just cause like a downward spiral effect. And so- mm-hmm. When working out, I know exactly what I do. I wear my Bluetooth headphones, so I usually have those in. And I did a post about it where that's kind of one of my brain hacks that I use for myself, <laughs> is if I have those in, people tend to stay away. And so And then if they do end up coming up, I will, even if my music isn't on, I'll point to them just so I have a moment to actually, like, think in my head of what did they just say and how I'm going to respond. And then I ask them to repeat themselves, even though I don't need them to repeat themselves.
0: That's a good one.
1: I point to my headphones. I'm like, Oh, sorry, even though I totally heard everything they said. (laughs) But that works for me. I'm not being rude. I'm just I need a moment for myself. So Mm -hmm. that's one of my in the moment brain hacks that I use.
0: No, I love it. It's good to give yourself like A time to think. I was laughing the other day. I was in the car with one of my girlfriends and sometimes I get on like tangents talking. It happens on the podcast too. (laughs) And I was like talking about something. Then all of a sudden, I don't know if we drove past something or like I joined another conversation in my head and she just looked at me because I froze like mid sentence. And she's like, you were talking about this. And I was like, Thank you for appreciating that. I did not remember what I was talking about because oh, yeah. <laughs> it happens often to me, probably more frequently than the average person. So I was just like, oh, well, I know who I was talking, but I don't know what about. And I was just going to start talking about like a completely random topic <laughs> because okay. my brain just like completely will just forget instantly. And I'll be like, hmm,
1: yeah. okay. I've <laughs> <laughs> forget mid-sentence and I totally start a completely different conversation and I don't realize it. Mm-hmm. So, and then that's what I have, my support circle, that's another huge thing. Yeah. And so they know that's something I do. So they mm-hmm. they'll redirect it or they'll just go with it and start a the conversation <laughs> and they're like, whatever. So we're talking about this now.
0: Mm-hmm. And I like that you mentioned learning your own triggers because it's very different for everyone. But if you can learn them that's what helped me significantly in reducing my headaches was learning what caused them and what I could do to avoid them. Or if I knew, oh, I did this, so I'm going to get a headache or I did this, so tomorrow might be rough, but at least it kind of prepared me mentally for dealing with a lot of this. And as I like earlier, you said, depends on the day and It's very true. A lot of this is a roller coaster. Every single day is different. I know some days I can do so much, and then other days I have no energy to do absolutely anything, and it's like an extreme mental fatigue. People don't always understand how tired you can feel after a brain injury. It is an extreme tiredness. It's like you open your eyes and you pass back out because you can't even sit up. Yep.
1: Definitely had those days.
0: Yes. So exercise has helped a lot in your recovery. And we're going to talk a little bit about getting into exercise, types of exercise and all of that. But before that, we are going to take a quick break. Have you joined our support network, Concussion Connect? Did you know we do monthly giveaways? Next month is a custom post-concussion podcast, Yeti Water Bottle. Just for being a member, you get entered to win. Become a member and get the support you need by going to concussionconnect.com. Welcome back to the post-concussion podcast with myself, Belle Page, and today's guest from tbi.fitness on Instagram. So I wanted to get into fitness, of course, and getting into exercise. So do you have any tips for individuals once they've been cleared by medical professionals, how to start? Because of course your body doesn't always work the way it used to. So do you have any tips for that?
1: I go back to before the brain injury. I was always fitness oriented. My major in college was human performance and fitness. So I always already had that interest. And I still had that after my accident. So I Still was interested in fitness. It was a whole nother game that I had to get into of knowing my limits and what I could and couldn't do because I had my left side issues and I had my cognitive issues. It was a whole new thing. So I had to relearn basically how to exercise and what worked for me because there were chemical imbalances and all that fun stuff that I had to compensate for. And so... I just had to learn how to adapt for myself and what worked for me, and just to overcome what I could, or else just adapt and just change what worked for me. My biggest thing is modifications. I post about it a lot. I usually it's a story. Someone else put up modifications of can't do this, try this, and so I have a couple Instagrams that I always repost their stuff because they have great tips, and so I always will advocate for modifications are great me personally i do a trx aspect of my workouts because they're easy for me i don't have to walk around i don't have to be distracted because distractions and just the memory of what i was doing is a huge thing Cause I get distracted and that's a whole nother thing of getting myself back to remembering what I was doing. Kind of like what we were talking about with the conversations. Mm-hmm. That's the same way for my workout. So I can't have intense workouts that are full of everything great that I did before. So now I have to have simple things. six are beneficial. I will never not say they are, but I always was like, no, I can do more. But no, now I, I can't do more because I won't remember to do more. So I keep everything very simple. I do simple things. I repeat basically the same exercises just in different ways. And it works for me. And that is great for me. So other people have other things, but this is my thing. So my big thing that works for me for exercising is to have someone keep me accountable. Because, like I said, I tend to forget. And so have somebody there that <laughs> they will help me get back into it. So there for a little bit, I had a trainer that helped me get back into exercising. And then because I was in a personal training class where I was learning how to be a personal trainer, <laughs> yeah, I was already trying to figure out how to do it to myself. So I worked with one of the professors and they helped me to just kind of reevaluate my life. Basically, with exercise, we picked and chose what to do, so it worked out. Mm-hmm. Now my husband is that person and to be accountable for, so he's always around. We don't work out together, but we go to the gym at the same time, and so he helps.
0: I have a thing about working out with people. <laughs> it's really like totally unrelated to my head injuries. I've never loved it, but. I really like that you said that you kind of simplify things or modify things, which is where a trainer can be a huge help. I know for myself, I worked with them as well because trying to find exercises that I could do or how to adjust exercises so that I didn't get like a head rush. So for me, getting out of bed, if I stand up really quickly, everything goes fuzzy And the same thing would happen is if I like bent over to pick something up and whip my head up, everything would go fuzzy, which is dangerous when you're holding weights or (laughs) exercising in a gym. So having a trainer and really working to see what worked for me really helped me because I was able to think about what I wanted to do and then also have someone with me who said, oh, maybe don't do that. Maybe that'll cause a symptom so that I didn't push myself too far because a lot of the time, I wouldn't realize that I was pushing myself and I would just kind of carry on and get into exercising and all of a sudden I'd have a headache. Or for example, when this all started, I was in gym class because I was in high school and I started to learn to say no. So there'd be like running as a warm up, and I'd say, no, I can't do that. Can I stretch on the side? And things like that, advocating for myself was really huge because I knew that if I went and ran, I already had a headache before that class started, so being able to modify what I could do and not be ashamed that I wasn't doing what everyone else was doing in my class really helped me with my own confidence around my brain injury and also just helped because I find exercising so beneficial to your endorphins and my attitude and my mood. Whenever I get out of the habit of exercising, I'm Notice it with fatigue, mental fatigue, and just my mental aptitude around life. And so, exercise really helps me be more happy, I guess, essentially. It just kind of cheers me up. And also, the confidence that you get when you are exercising about your own body can really be helpful as well when going through something like a brain injury that really can change your mindset about how you feel about yourself. So, it really does help me exercising mentally, physically, and all those types of things. And something we talked about a little bit before was having a good mindset about it. I find one of the things we do a lot is we challenge ourselves almost too much because we expect ourselves to be able to exercise like we did before. So we go, oh, well, I used to be a runner. So I want to go outside and run for 5k or 10. But sometimes just realizing that it could Maybe a walk is still exercise would be really good for people. So how do you go about with mindset and exercising?
1: That was huge for me as comparing myself to the before brain injury me, to what I was now. Because I did do 5Ks and runs before and after. But now that I'm this far out from my brain injury, I definitely have taken a step back even farther because I kept trying to be as good as I was basically before. And so now I've given up that aspect and I don't aim for that goal anymore. And I just want to do me basically. Like we said before, I don't make things harder than they have to be. So going on walks are fine with me. My runs now are maybe a mile and maybe a little bit over, maybe a little under, but I typically do a mile and that's all I run. I don't try for five Ks or more. <sighs> we're good with that. And that's all I need. So I am fine. And like, I don't lift weights really anymore and just not making things harder than they have to be. And so that helps with my mindset with exercise, as well as with my brain injury. I don't make things harder if they don't have to be when that's everyday life. And that's, even non brain injury related, like with my kids, I have like I said a five and two year old so making things harder than they have to be is kind of a game you're going to lose with them. They won't let you
0: <laughs> mhm, for sure, and I find time is a big thing for me when I exercise. I always say, oh, i'm going to work out for this long, but something else that I've learned is that if I get maybe a headache comes on or symptoms or I get dizzy. I just adjust. So, okay, I wanted to work out for half an hour, but maybe the last 10 minutes will be stretching instead of actually doing a full exercise or a full workout. And that's okay too. So I still accomplish my goal, but I don't get hard on myself about not reaching the point that I wanted to. And walking, I know a few people have a lot of stimulation or overstimulation issues when they go outside, but walking for me is huge. And just getting my dog that I have now has really helped me because now it kind of encourages me to go for more walks and more hikes. And I find it helps me mentally and physically. So finding those types of things can really be beneficial because brain injuries can really just do so much to your brain (laughs) and your physical ability to do much when you get forced to lay down and do nothing. So even just 10 minutes of stretching or a small workout can really help you mentally feel better about yourself about getting something accomplished in the day.
1: Definitely. And then also like kind of with what you were talking about, but I always have a plan. That's mm-hmm. what I do Now I can't just wing it anymore. Just going to the gym because before I could go to the gym because I knew enough where I could be like, "Okay, what do I want to do?" I knew Multiple exercises. I go, like, okay, well, I want to do upper body today. So I'll throw in some kind of a workout. I have to have what I'm going to do on my phone with the TRX app. There's a basically a trainer on there that is talking in my earbuds while I'm working out. So I have somebody to keep me accountable that way. And they keep me on track. So I know what I'm doing. So that mm-hmm. always is a helpful thing, too. But I have a plan, I know what I'm doing. And the plan isn't like crazy. It's very simple. I run. I do TRX. I do abs. That's all I do for my workout. It's all good. And so, because it's not really an option anymore for me to just wing it. Because I tend to just sit there if I'm just winging it. Fair. (laughs) Until something like reminds me, oh, yeah, I need to like move. And so I can't really try and think of anything on the spot anymore. So if I have a plan written down or have the trainer in my ear, it keeps me on track with everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And those apps, there's lots of them. Nike Training Center is a big one too. And they have everything from like yoga to strength workouts to no equipment to full equipment and like five minute workouts to an hour. And they walk you through it and they kind of remind you about position and things like that. So be a great start and then just modify you might need a second to think okay well they're doing burpees in this workout burpees don't really work for me so what can I do instead and that's okay too you don't have to beat yourself up because you don't do exactly what's on the screen but it can definitely give you ideas and then walk you through like the time of everything so you don't lose track and end up doing one exercise for 20 minutes (laughs) But you've given lots of great tips about exercising so far. And so is there anything else you would like to add before we end today's episode?
1: Not really. I would definitely tell people to check out my Instagram page because I talk about multiple different things. Exercise is my main focus, but I have different brain injury things that I've talked about more at the start of it. It was kind of all over because I kind of talked about everything, but now I've talked about everything. So it's mostly exercise-related right now. And if something gets me off on a tangent, I go that way. But yeah, it's a wide range of topics that I kind of hit everything, basically. Mm. Definitely check that out.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. And I just want to say thank you so much. And everyone who's listening, do try to work out maybe today or tomorrow. Maybe it'll make you feel better. And thank you so much for coming on to talk about fitness and some of your injury experience thank you need more than just this podcast be sure to check out our website postconcussioninc.com to see how we can help you in your post-concussion life from a support network to one-on-one coaching I believe life can get better because I've lived through it make sure you take it one day at a time